0: the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the book of Ephesians Uh, and so we're going to carry on with that and we're going to look in chapter two today so if you have a bible you'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter two if you've got a church greeny blue bible it's page 1173 if you haven't then I don't know what your page number is please don't tell me because there'll be lots of different page numbers but it's Ephesians chapter two And I'm going to read the first 10 verses, which say, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and flo- following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable great riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. (coughs) So the last couple of weeks, we looked at chapter 1, and if you look beginning first half of chapter one speaks to this amazing description of the gospel how great God is and what he's done um, and in the second half of the, the chapter one there's this prayer which we looked at last week which describes well Paul really um, prays that our eyes of our heart, will be open to everything he just said in the beginning of the, of the, of the chapter to see the, to the amazingness of God's uh, power and his work and his splendor and his majesty and 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 all of that speaks of God's amazing work and it's really up until now in Ephesians been a celebration of God and all that God has done is doing and his vast breadth and width and just how amazing God is okay and so that's been the focus and then chapter 2 now you know that when this was written Paul didn't write these chapter numbers in okay so he didn't think to myself right I'm changing chapter now but we've the chapters are sort of laid out for us this way but in chapter, what we call chapter 2 the attention turns and in the NIV translation the modern NIV translation says as for you or other translations would just say and you and so the attention is turned away from God and is on to us and it's not a pretty sight uh, it's not a pretty. It's a pretty stark contrast. It says you were dead in your sins and transgressions. Ouch! Yeah. So sort of, that's, that's that. Now <clears throat> I was. Um, I think it was the mid-September. I remember the, the, the week it happened because the howitz came round for lunch. I think it was on after church, uh, uh, and uh, I just I'd done my yearly gardening. In, in one day, uh, I don't know if you remember Daniel, but I cut our uh, apple tree down. And I've been meaning to do this for several years, and every time I've said to Louise, "I think I'll trim the apple tree," she said, "No, it's the wrong time of year." So I haven't trimmed it, and then, and it's just got out of hand. And it was, I mean, Joe had a good go at it actually, and then she did the lower edge areas, but in a very hairdressery kind of way she styled it it was perfectly styled, so it, you know it's kind of like, I don't know what you would call it was it layered, it was, it was everything um, I was a bit more brutal and just needed to give it a flat top, you know, across the top so I got the lopper out and I was taking all these big um, branches off at the top, and so we have a wheelie bin, I remember actually Remember Margaret Mills um, Nick and Erica's uh, well, Erica's mum I remember going to their house once, and she, she, we walked through the garden, and she said, we're not really gardeners, we're more tidiers. And I thought to myself, yeah, I can relate to that. That's kind of how I, I'm a gardener, that way. So anyway, so I've, I've, I've literally hacked half the tree off, and with Joe's effort and my effort, there was this massive pile of apple tree branches on our... It's That's part of my point, yes, it is still there. Yes. So I filled the green bin with as much as I could on that first... Uh, after the first you know, week after that out it went, came back filled it again out it went, came back in fact on the second time I noticed that actually even within two weeks the green leaves um, on the tree had turned brown and it was a bit of a pain because as I'm putting them in a lot of the leaves are falling off so not only have I got to put the branches in I've got to then scoop up all the leaves that have fallen on the floor because I put them in the bin I think I've now on my fourth it's, you know, possibly my third or fourth go anyway, still stuff to go yeah okay well that's another story and I, I did it this I did it, they also just to explain the, 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 lead, the branches there have stopped Mickey our dog biting the bench at the end of the garden because he has his way of doing that anyway um, so this week was again recycling week so I put the, the what remains which is still quite a large pile of, of uh, branches into the bin and as I'm picking it up the leaves haven't just gone brown now they've fallen off and with all the rain, they've turned... I think it's mulch, isn't it, already? They're, they're starting to mulch themselves. And so I'm picking up this stuff, and it's like a gooey... stuff. And I'm thinking, this was, this was a reasonably pleasant job when I first started, you know, in mid-September, and I'm just putting stuff in and cutting it. And then it became sort of quite more hard work because the the brown you know leaves have fallen off and now I've got this stuff which is almost like it looks a bit like Guinness on your hands and it's kind of you know it's kind of all yeah exactly and I thought to myself this dying thing you know it's it's quite when things start to decay it's quite unpleasant isn't it it's quite Mm. It reminded me also, in fact, it was actually Ada and I were talking last week, I was admiring Ada's bag, and uh, it got me thinking, because it, it's a, it was a fake leopard or something, This, and we were talking about how, you know, in the olden days, people used to wear, mm-hmm. like real not fake leopard, but just real fur of, of different things. Um, and how weird that is, really, when you stop and think about it. Um, and it reminded me, again, of the, not only of the, these leaves dying, but I was on a ride. Uh, Chris, I can't remember if you were with us this time, but we were climbing up around More Common, in, and it was in the summer. I don't know if it was this year or last year. And I remember just getting half up the hill. Now, bear in mind, when you're climbing a hill, you're having to breathe quite heavily, you know, because you're out of breath. And when I'm riding with a group like I do, they're often going up the hill quicker than me. So I'm trying to just stay within the same ride as them. And we get to this point, and I'm just like, "What is that smell? What's that smell?" And I don't know about you, when you smell a bad smell, you kind of just naturally shut off your nostrils. You couldn't speak anything. But when you're breathing hard and riding up a hill. That's quite hard, yeah. <laughs> and i no, There was one guy I do remember. Was when, and guy uh, John, John Church from the Baptist Church. He said, "I think an animal has died." <laughs> said, "I'm pretty sure." And as as we're going up, this smell just gets stronger and stronger. I didn't actually see what it was, but it must have a fox or something must have died in the hedge next to the road. It stank, you know, in the hot weather. And again, it just made me think: death and decay is pretty, pretty grim pretty grim and actually death is a strangely active thing isn't it, we just think oh something's dead that's it, the end of it, but actually when leaves and trees die then there's that decaying process, when an animal dies or when a body dies there's a decaying process which is very uh, well it can be quite, yeah unappealing I suppose Um, when you stop and think about it it's very anti-creation, it's very anti in fact if you listen to the language of the verse that Daniel read out in in Isaiah, a lot of the prophets will always use the language of judgment Is this language of of deconstruction, of decreation, of going back, stripping things back down to just bareness. But the language of salvation is a language of new creation and things coming back to life. Um, And here we are. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. This is who you were. Pretty smelly, Pretty ugly in God's sight. I was thinking, I have heard this analogy before. Uh, it was a youth talk and, and I'm not as cool as the guy who said it, but he said, basically, you're like the contents of the food bin at the end of a, summer's, a week in the summer. <laughs> you know, you, that's how you were. You were smelly, stinky, kind of decomposing. That's you, he was saying <laughs> in his evangelistic talk. Um, in our sins and our disobedience. It talks about our, our sinful nature, or some Bibles translate that as the flesh. And that's that part of us that just cannot be redeemed, the part of us that causes us to, to go towards sinful ways and practices. And I've heard somebody else describe that, as it's that the part of us inside us that is like a dirt floor. He was American, so he, he meant like a muddy soil, soil floor. He said, the more you try and scrub a dirt floor the more muddy it gets. You, know, you start getting a, a, a mop and bucket to just a, a, an earthy, muddy floor. It's just going to make it more messy. And, and that's what the flesh is like. That's what our, our, our <coughs> sinful nature is like. It's the self-seeking pit inside us that craves unrighteous gratification it's that deadly death-like thing inside of us and so paul says having described god he turns the attention on us and he says as for you you were dead in your sins and transgressions and that's a stark reality when you stop and think what that that imagery is really like it's a stark reality of the human condition compared to god and so if you compare the first chapter you've got this beauty and wonder of god and then it it's almost like the camera daniel maybe you can make a film of this the camera looks on god good luck on describing God in your film and then it comes to us and it's like ooh. and then fortunately in verse 4 we're back to looking at God because this is good okay? and it says in verse 4 in God's great love and his great mercy even when we were dead in our sins and transgressions he made us alive there's the language of new life, new creation again we were very dead unappealingly dead OK, stinky, smelly, like decaying, rotting leaves and flesh, dead, deserving of wrath in God's eyes. In, in Jewish culture, and maybe probably in many other cultures, death is a very unclean thing. You know, to touch a dead body would make you unclean. And when you stop and think about it, you can maybe understand why. And so it's a strong image that Paul's painting here. He says, you were dead in your sins, but by God's love and mercy... He's rescued you. That's a big deal. <coughs> He's reached down, literally into the grave, put his hand amongst the, 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 the leaves that are turning into mulch of your life, and pulled you up and made you alive with Christ. And it says, as remember in, in chapter 1 it said, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. So where there are parts of you that are like dead decaying leaves or a stinky animal that's been killed by the side of the road and rotting away or like the contents of your food bin at the end of the week God has reached down and the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in you to bring resurrection power into those parts of you and this is a demonstration of God's incomparably great rich grace and his kindness expressed to us in Jesus and it goes on he gets, it's even better than that and he hasn't just raised us from the dead from that death if you like he's, he's seated us. it says with Christ in the heavenly places that means he's given us status and authority and acceptance this is God's rescue you know you see God's rescue is not like our kind of rescue because you know I think um, our kind of rescue is like we just managed to get him just breathing again and like we're grateful for that, you know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you imagine you're you're on holiday and someone's face down in a swimming pool, and you think, oh my goodness! And you pull them out. You don't know how long they've been in there. You pull them out. You do the what's the thing? Joshua know. CPR. Is that when, when you pump the water? Out? Is that? The same thing? Well, that would happen. It would happen. That. All right. Okay. So you do all the chest compressions. Water comes out. Give them <laughs> breaths. You know. Just, Ella would know this. She's, done, she's watched the programmes, you know. And maybe they've been in their pool face down for several minutes and maybe you get them back breathing again, but maybe they've been at, at that oxygen been so long that they've got brain damage. That's, but we would, we're just glad that they're breathing again. They may have lifelong results of that injury, but that's, that's the best we can do, right? Because we've got them out of the pool we've got them breathing again or we maybe pull them out of a car crash and there's just burns on them or something but you've got them and they're alive again but at least they have got burns there's a scar or something that's, that's what we would hope for maybe we can imagine but God's salvation isn't like that he doesn't just pull us out and sort of go well got your breathing again you know I've got some of those leaves have turned a bit green in your life now Now some of it's still a bit brown but hey yeah at least you're back on the tree Or, you know, at least we've got the the heart pumping in that stinky animal, but that that smell, that's going to stay with you. Yeah? No, it's not like that. When God raises us, he takes us from the lowest of the low and he seats us with Christ in the heavenly places. That's good resuscitation. That's, like, better than you get on Helicopter Heroes or whatever you watch. (laughs) And it's not something we can do ourselves, because if it was left to me or you to try and sort ourselves out, it wouldn't work very well. No matter what the self-help books say, we can't rescue ourselves. I don't know if you know many people who are dead that say to themselves, I'm dead now, I better do something about this. Yeah? When, you're, when you're dead, there's not a lot you can do to help yourself and overcome your deadness. Dead things don't bring themselves back to life. Only God can lift us from the grave. And we have that hope because he's done it in Jesus. He's lifted Jesus from the grave, seated him in the highest place. And in Christ, we have a new life. And it is much better than I think we can ever imagine because I think sometimes we, we feel like we've just come out of a car crash and we're still limping a bit or we've still got the scars to show for it. And yeah, there are, sometimes there are scars in these things, but God brings a whole new life and he seats us in the heavenlies. In Christ, death and the deadness is cast off and we gain a new identity. You know, in other places, in Paul's letters, he talks about putting off the old man, putting off that, those dead works. It's, like, it's almost like he sees it like a coat or something. He's like, just throw it away. Get rid of that bad smell. That bad smell. You don't need it anymore. And then it says, in verse 10... For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has made us alive so that we can live. It reminded me, I was reading, um, I'm reading through Mark at the moment um, in the morning, and it re- re- as I was reading through Mark, it just, I'll just read you a little bit, verse 29. Everything in Mark is very, as soon as, or immediately, if you know Mark. So it says here in verse 29, chapter 1, As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon uh, Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. In other translations, she began to serve on them. There was no, it didn't seem like... Oh, Jesus healed this woman, and this woman's kind of going, Wow, I'm healed. Oh my goodness, that was a strange experience. Hmm, I wonder, oh, do I feel a bit achy? Oh, mm-hmm. no, she got up from the bed. Right, what can I do? Can I get you a cup of tea? Do you need a cheese sandwich? You know, let's cook some lamb. Let's, let's, um, <laughs> can I wash your clothes for you? She was up and she was serving straight away. Why? Because she had fullness of life back. And when she had her fullness of life, she was able to do the things that she was created and made to do, which in this instance was, was serving. And I think sometimes we, we in church are made alive in Christ, and then we just we sit there and we ponder and we talk about, wow, I was really dead. That was a close shave. Hmm. Wow, that was a big deal. And then we just stop as if like we sit here waiting then for the rest of the rest of our earthly lives thinking that was that was a big deal man <laughs> i'm glad i'm not dead anymore sitting here doing nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know
0: sometimes we can be like that or you know we we were so dead and now jesus has made us alive that we we we're kind of a bit weakened by that near death experience and we better just take it easy now just in case we get dead again <laughs> you know or, Let's just not go. You know, let's not live too much because if we live too much, then we might die again. And whew, no, better just, just play it safe. Then, yeah? or some of us are just in constant worry that we might die again, and so we don't live. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we're laughing because it's true, isn't it? We like that. We like that. But this is God's work. He he's good at what he does. When he raises us and, and forgives us and raises us from the dead and deals with all that dead stuff, deals with all those leaves and those, the, the mulchy stuff in our lives, when he deals with that stinky stuff in our lives, he does a good job. And when he makes us to live, he makes us to live well. He's seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. He's made us alive to do good things that he has prepared in advance for us to do, it says here in Ephesians. We are God's handiwork okay look around the room in fact get a mirror when you go home and look in the mirror and say this is God's handiwork and that's not arrogant to say that it's strange it takes a bit of getting used to you know getting up in the morning and hey this is God's handiwork here yeah but actually, I think we do need to say to ourselves each morning, if we're in Christ, we look in the mirror and say, that there I'm looking at there, that face is me and I'm God's handiwork and there are good works he has created for me to do today. <coughs> and there's a sense here in Ephesians, because if you remember in chapter 1, it talks about us being chosen from before the foundation of the world. There's a sense here that right before the beginning of the time, that on Sunday, the what was it 3rd of November... God had a plan of some good works that each one of us had to do, and he got all those in his head, if you can imagine God's head, before the beginning of time for us to do today, and tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that. Because we're God's handiwork. It's his working. Now, if it was my handiwork, yeah, okay, we doubt it. If it was your handiwork, yeah, doubt that too. But it's God's handiwork we're talking about. We are God's handiwork, and he's a good worker. And he's made us alive to find fulfillment in doing the things that he's prepared for us to do good things. And I wanted just just to finish by just thinking about what some of those good things might be because I think sometimes we we stop and think, well, that must mean uh, doing churchy type things because that's good stuff. Well, and it is. Okay? So it might well be, you know, sharing the, the gospel with somebody. That's a good work, okay? If you get the opportunity to do that, you can look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, that was a good one." I'm glad God I was able to be partaker of that and and God has able to allow me to use that. Or it might be serving at food bank, or it might be being a, a cat befriender. Those are good things, are good works. Um, but it might be just a little bit more sort of church like, but not in church. You know, you might be befriending a lonely neighbor. You might have people around you who are just lonely. And they just need someone to say hello to them. That's a good work. God has made you to do that kind of thing. It might be creating something. It might be some music. It might be a piece of art. Uh, It might be making or fixing something. Um, Who, by the way, just out of interest, who finds satisfaction in making or fixing things? You know? Yeah? Come on, Keith. (laughs) I know you do. You know, whether it's sometimes it's just the case of just drilling a hole in a wall, sticking a shelf up, and you look at it and you think, that's good. That's good. This is what God has made us to do, to to be bringing good things into the world. And if it's holding your books up or your plant pots or whatever you've got on the wall, that's a good thing. It could be helping someone to learn a new skill. You may not think you're a teacher, but sometimes you teach people to learn new skills without even realising it. It could be caring for people in the things we do, it could be sticking up for, for people in our workplace. You know, I, I realise more and more the workplace can be a very um harsh environment. And sometimes just sticking up for a colleague who's getting some flack from the, the boss or or um you know, that kind of thing, that's a good thing. That God has created from the beginning of time for you to do that kind of stuff. It could be keeping your garden, flowers and vegetables and all that stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, What else could it be? You know, I was just thinking, it could be just listening to someone. That's a good work. Listening takes... And actually just... Somebody needs to let off some steam and you just sit there and you listen. That's a good work. Um, Gathering people together. There's another good work. Just getting people together. (laughs) We, on our road... Ella will tell you this. There's somebody that we... Well, we, we, we call him grumpy. Because he's a bit grumpy. No, on our road. Um, <laughs> if we lived on your road, maybe it would be. I don't know. Uh, uh, and and me, most people don't speak to him. And um, in, the, in the summer, we just had a barbecue and just invited all the neighbours. And, and we invited this guy and his wife. And we've done that every time we've had a, a, a road gathering and, and he's never come. And he's, but this time he came... <laughs> And, and at first, it was like everyone else who was there, like, kind of looking around, was like, what's he doing here? But by the end of the afternoon, everyone was sitting around the table in our garden, you know, and they were chatting. And um, it got round that the, the neighbours like, you invited him? And it's just like, yeah. it's changed something. That's a good work. I'm I'm not boasting in that. I'm just telling you something. These these things, simple things, just bringing people together. I mean, I just kind of we just set the ball rolling, and let, let that I didn't actually speak to this guy much at all in the afternoon, but everybody else did. They I, they did the hospitality. I didn't do it just, but we just initiated it. That's a good work. And and then God does the rest, right? Yeah. Um. There's loads of things. Just making someone laugh. There are so so much gloom in this world just making someone laugh that's a good work i often say i've said this to some of several of you that if in ministry i can get someone to either cry or laugh it's been a good day you know because you know you've 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 touched something inside you know and this is this, these are good things it's when we sit here like this i'm in fact i'm glad that some of you are smiling today because it's kind of it makes me realize it's a good work preaching but so, but sometimes when i look out on sundays and i just see hmm? I'm thinking, is this a good work? Is there anything going on? I don't if you're gonna start crying that'd be great, I've touched a nerve. If you start laughing, that's a good thing as well. It's a good work. And we could go on. But I just want you to realise that God has got good works for each one of us to, to do. And you might think, oh, but I'm just a little me, but yeah, but you're missing the what's been said here. God has raised you, each one of you, out from the grave, out of your sins and transgressions. And he's done that, so that you, for you to do good works. And oftentimes people get this the wrong way around. They think they have to do the good works so that God would raise them out of the grave. So that they'll be good enough for God to think, oh, all right, we'll let him in or her in. But no, God's already done that and he's made it so that you can do the things that he's given you to do. So I'll read that last verse again because this is, this is a great memory verse, okay? If you re- rem- remember nothing but this, from Ephesians, this is one of the g- good ones to remember. F- verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In fact, are we all able to read this together? Because uh, then you can say it for yourself. Are we able to, let's read it together, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, I want you to just reflect on this. What are your good works? What are the things that make you alive? This is another good spiritual discipline. Think: What makes me feel alive? What are the kind of things I enjoy doing? Because those are the, do those good works. What are the things that are in line with the goodness and character of God? If you, if you look in um, Galatians, isn't it? You've got the fruit of the Spirit and the, f- the, the works of the flesh. Those two things are working against each other. It's th- Paul has the same theme over and over again in different ways. But, but uh, I remember Sheila preaching on the fruits of the Spirit. And I uh, <coughs> think, uh, what are the things that I do that are in line with those fruits, that come out of those fruits? what has God made you do I'm just going to take a moment and I want want well, you just to consider that and as, as I'm praying as we just have a moment of silence also as well if you feel that you have um, something that that you feel you want to encourage somebody else with after the service make sure you go to them and say I can see that you do good works in this area in that area okay and, and go and encourage them with that um, and let's also just allow God to, to speak to us and say I'm going to encourage you I want you to, 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 to keep going in these good works because that's why I've, I've saved you does that make sense are we okay to do that let's just, so let's just take a moment and just allow God to speak to us and to encourage us and if you may even want to speak out now I see you so and so name the name and, and say this is where I see you you're, you're doing good works keep going in that Let's let's just take a moment. Father, we just invite you to come and speak to us now. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to our hearts and show us that we are your handiwork and the good works you want to do in us.